uh, aggressive behavior, aggressive communication tends to an attack on the other person. But let's be honest, you know, when we're in aggressive behavior or when we're in hurt and fear, very often the emotions that we're having are intense, they're irrational, and there's not a lot of room for thinking, I need to step out of this dynamic. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today, we're going to talk about the myth of don't go to bed angry. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's this is a tough one for me because there's scripture that says you shouldn't go to bed angry. But I know from working with couples that sometimes it's better to go to bed angry than stay up all night kicking each other's ass. And we're going to talk about that a little more. So the we're going to talk about the impact of aggressive communication and this myth that you shouldn't go to bed angry, which honestly sometimes is true, but it's not a, a, a rule for all time. And we're going to talk about like what is aggressive communication? How does it impact the relationship? We're going to debunk this myth a little, and we're going to discuss why it's sometimes better to sleep on it. So aggressive communication, what is it? And how is it different from being assertive? You know, I like to think of myself as an aggressive guy, um, but maybe really what I am is assertive because aggressive implies that there's some piss and vinegar behind it, a little anger, a little edge on it. Uh, aggressive behavior, aggressive communication tends to, in some way, shape, or form, involve an attack on the other person. Or it may be an attack on someone else that the other person perceives as an attack. You know, uh, in one of the previous episodes, we were talking about how, as children, if we grew up in a very aggressive households, we can have trauma, residual emotion from that baggage that gets in the way. So it might be that we're around someone who's aggressive about a topic, but we personalize it because our own trauma brings up these unresolved emotions and the unresolved emotions gets transferred onto the aggressive person. So assertive would be when you have a point that you want to make, but you're sensitive to what the other person is experiencing. Aggressive would be where you are making your point regardless of what's going on on the other side. There is a lack of empathy that goes with aggressive communication. A lack of seeing, feeling what's happening on the other side. Or it might be that you have some awareness of what's happening on the other side, but you're a little aggressive and you don't care that much, right? Either way, it means that the other person's feelings are going to be invalidated at the very least by your behavior. And the emotional effects on the receiver of that can be hurt, you know, or fear, or they might even get angry themselves and start laying into you, or they might slip into some passive aggressive behavior. We talked in one of the previous episodes about stonewalling as a form of passive aggressive behavior, conscious or semi-conscious passive aggressive behavior. This can create a negative cycle where uh, one person is speaking aggressively, maybe even about a situation that has nothing to do about their, with their relationship, and yet that triggers, perpetuates, and leads to hostility that goes on and on and on. In fact, 
many couples have this experience where they're stuck in a loop of aggressive communication, either that's di directed at the other person or that's about something else where the other person feels is directed at them. And I wanna be really clear about this, right? It's not just that one person is aggressive, it's that the other person in some way is hooked into that behavior because either person could step out of that dynamic if they chose. But let's be honest, you know, when we're in aggressive behavior or when we're in hurt and fear, very often the emotions that we're having are intense, they're irrational, and there's not a lot of room for thinking, I need to step out of this dynamic. In fact, that's exactly what happened to, we're going to call them today, Paul and Mary. Paul and Mary were married, and Paul felt frequently misunderstood and frustrated. He felt his marriage was unfair in a lot of ways. He felt he didn't understand why he had to work so hard to provide for his family while Mary didn't work at all in his mind. She stayed home with the kids, but it wasn't just that she stayed home with the kids, it's that she stayed home with the kids and had a full-time nanny. And still uh, it, the house was disorganized. Uh, the kids were frequently late for school. He felt that Mary was not really present for the kids. And in, in his own mind, she wasn't present for him. And so what this brought up was a lot of aggressive communication. And Paul was not a, by aggressive communication, Paul was not a yeller or a screamer, but he had this constant cauldron of anger kind of bubbling in there that, uh, and he thought, well, I have it under control so nobody notices. But let me tell you something. Even when our anger doesn't come out as loudness, anyone who knows us knows what we're feeling. Kids may not have words for what Paul is feeling, but his kids knew he was feeling something that was not love. Right? They knew what love was. They knew that daddy was unhappy about something and that there was, they sensed the tension between Paul and Mary. And Mary was openly angry with Paul. Why are you always criticizing me? Why are you always trying to control me? Why are you always trying to fix me? Why, what, are you, like, what are you doing this for? Right. So the, the tension was tangible. And they frequently went to bed angry. And they frequently tried to go to bed without going to bed angry. So, you know, Mary came from a family where the law was don't go to bed angry. And she would try and fix it with Paul. And they would be up till two, three in the morning. And it would just get louder and worse and louder and worse. You know, Mary would get louder and worse. Paul would just get more, more shut down in his denial. He, he was very controlled about his anger. I'm, no, it's not that, Mary. No, it's not that. No. And it would go on for hours and hours. And then they would wake up in the morning exhausted and pick up right where they left off. Right. So the rule of don't go to bed angry does not mean that you stay up fighting all night. It means that you resolve it. But the problem 
is that when you're in the space that Paul and Mary is in, where one person's got a tight control and grip on their emotions, and the other one is desperate for some kind of acknowledgement, and it's just not coming forth, it's almost impossible to resolve it. And here's why. Anger and frustration, whether it's expressed loudly or quietly, deadly silent, comes from a place of, I'm right. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to win, you're going to lose. And even in those moments where Mary would admit to Paul, you know what, I could be better as a mom. I could do a better job as a wife. What would Paul say? That's right, Mary. And what would that do for Mary? She would be even more hurt and she'd get even angrier. So there was, you know, when we're in that space of coming to that place of I'm going to win, by definition, the other person's going to lose. Now, the problem with that is there's no room for compromise. There's no room for surrender. There's no room for detente. There's no room for meeting of the minds. There's no room for any of that when we're feeling that way. So the reason why the concept of don't go to bed angry came up is because it was to be applied in the form of, all right, right, let's we're both angry. Let's go to our corners and manage our stuff and then come back and figure out how to resolve this. But what it's turned into for a lot of people, like Paul and Mary, is let's just keep fighting till three in the morning, ruin both of our lives and our marriage, and never resolve it. So what makes this a myth is that people don't have the tools that they need to end the cycle of misunderstanding and aggressive communication. Now, I want to be really clear. I personally believe it is better to resolve an issue and go to bed at peace. What I'm saying here is, if you don't think you can do that, if you're just too fired up to get there, if it's 11, 12, 1 in the morning, 11 and 12 at night, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, and you're really angry, there needs to be an alternative. And the alternative would be something like this. To have an understanding that when you're that angry and it's that late, nothing's going to get resolved. Uh, let me offer you an exercise. An exercise you could both agree to go right out your position of what you're angry about and revisit it another day, the next day, okay? the next day. When the children are asleep, when you have time, when you're both calmer. And so that would be an example of it's okay to go to bed angry then because it takes the bejesus out of staying up till two in the morning and fighting and having to be unresolved. That, I mean, sometimes it's just better to sleep on it. And here's another reason why it's better to sleep on it, right? What Paul and Mary did was they decided they needed to break the cycle. Now, complete disclosure, Paul came and became a part of our Unbreakable Husband program and the other men in the program said to him, hey, dude, you know what? You may not be yelling and screaming, but you're really angry. You need to make it safe for Mary and the kids again. You need to release some of this stuff. You know, you need to get to the root of it and get back to a place where you can have empathy for her and understanding for her. And so you know, he, wor he worked on it and he started to realize that part of what was going on with, with Mary was that she had 
um, a mild form of depression. It wasn't that she was lazy. It wasn't that she was riding his coattails. It wasn't that she was stupid, because she certainly wasn't that. It was that she had a mild form of depression, and he realized that he needed to help her, right? And so what the strategy he came up with with the other men was that he was going to break this cycle first by if they started fighting late at night, he was just going to stop. He was going to say, hey, Mary, I'm sorry I'm angry. I, I get it, I'm angry. I know I'm not yelling and screaming, but I'm angry, and I'm, I'm going to handle it. And I'd like to go talk to talk about this with you. Let's go to the counseling and talk about it, or let's talk about it in the morning. Um, you know, after the kids go to school, I'm going to take some time off from work to clear this up for you. I, I'm really sorry, but uh, you know, I, I'm still steaming a little. But let's just go to bed, right? By by holding out that olive branch to her, saying I'm still angry, but let's just go to bed. She was able to say, okay, I'm still angry, but let's go to bed too. All right. So what they he actually did was he. He de-escalated and went to bed. He didn't stop being angry. He de-escalated, right? And they went, both go to bed. And so they broke that cycle of fighting till one, two in the morning and never having it resolved. And the alternative cycle of, I'm going to just stop talking to you and sleep with my back to you. And they found a middle solution, which was, I'm not in a state where I can talk about this. I need to go deal with my anger. And, you know, there's a lot of ways. Let's talk about dealing with anger. Truthfully, when we're in that space of I'm right and you're wrong, I'm going to win and you're going to lose, there's a lot of adrenaline involved. There's uh, That means that we need to go work it out physically, maybe take a walk or a run or hit a heavy bag or uh, clean a closet or something physical. We need to maybe talk about it with another person or pray or meditate or practice mindfulness. All these things are ways to address that anger. And we need to do something physical and emotional mindful, right? So the emotional mindful part resets the part of our brain that's aggressive. Um, the exercise helps take some of the adrenaline and chemicals out of our body and the talking to another person or your higher power or whatever you got going on, that's gonna help us to sort it out. Uh, whatever you, so there's, there's the physical component, there's the brain, and then there's actually sorting out the emotions. And once you've got those three things in place, you are now in a place to talk about it. And so sometimes it's better to go to bed and allow a cooling off period because it takes time to work it out of your body. It takes time to get your mindset straight. It takes time to talk about it with another person. It takes time. These all take time, right? And that's why even though it's better to not go to bed angry, right? we can't always do it, especially if the fight starts at 10 o'clock at night. It's really important if, if this is something that's going on for you and you identify with this, and I'm sure some of you do, because I, I don't know a man that I've worked with or a couple that I've worked with that hasn't had this going on. It's really important that both of you get on the same page about this first. Like when you're having not having a fight, Talk about, hey, I want to talk about what to do when we're angry, right? So this is how the conversation goes, if you're a man or a woman. Honey, I've noticed that when I get angry, it's really hard for me to come off my ledge. And I've noticed that sometimes we go to bed mad and we don't resolve the problem, or even worse, we stay up till two in the morning, three in the morning fighting like cats and dogs, 
you know, and it's, it reflects badly on us with the neighbors and it keeps the kids up and it's bad. So I'd like us to have an understanding about this, that when we're in this, when we're in this level of aggressive communication, that we're just going to stop, go to our corners and deal with our physical states, deal with our brain, get out of our amygdala into a part of our brain that can think again and talk to someone about it so that we can reset and have a reasonable, rational conversation about it. So the first point, first part would be to have an understanding about how you're going to handle late night triggers. And that might creep into other areas of your life. You might want to have understandings about name calling and insulting and belittling. You know, if those things tend to come up when we're in that state. There should be no name calling, no insulting and no belittling, no emotional bullying of any kind. If any of those things are coming up, that should be immediate timeout, right? By the way, you don't have to make the other person agree to that. If that's coming at you, you can simply set a boundary for yourself. Look at one of the uh, one of the previous episodes on the difference between stonewalling and boundaries. You can simply set a boundary for yourself that I'm not going to hang out for this. It, and it is vital that if you check out, that you say, I'm reacting in a way that's not positive right now. I'm going to come back and talk to you about this when I'm calmer, and I hope you'll be calmer too. What you don't want to say is, how dare you effing call me that name, you piece of blah, blah, blah. Because then you're slipping into the same trap, right? The trick is to have a set boundary, uh, almost a speech that you use again and again and again for those situations, right? And that's going to give you the opportunity to reflect. That's going to give you the opportunity to cool off. That's going to give you the opportunity to prepare for a more constructive conversation the next day or the next week or whatever you need to do. All right, so just to recap, it is sadly normal and natural for couples to have aggressive communication. Uh, let me throw in some aggressive communication I didn't even talk about. You know, those little cynical, sarcastic, biting remarks, that's aggressive communication, All right? And particularly when it's about the other person or even about yourself. Just notice where, you, where that's coming out. You know, the knife that we turn on others is often a knife we turn on ourselves internally. So the chances are, if you are talking to your partner in a way that belittles them, you probably have an internal dialogue about yourself that isn't any different. And vice versa, by the way. Meet them with empathy. If they are critical of you, the chances are their internal dialogue is immensely critical. And you can meet that with empathy. Right. As someone who's been there. Do not allow those aggressive communications to become something that's going to go till two in the morning or three in the morning just because you refuse to go to bed angry. Instead, be willing when the hour is late and there's not much attention left to say, I need to take some time out to look at this. I accept that I am behaving in a way that's irrational and I encourage you to do the same. Right? And then you can go to bed and revisit it the next day. In fact, I would say I encourage you to do the same. I will be happy to revisit this with you tomorrow at 3 p.m. when the kids are not here or whatever. Right? Because you want to resolve it. You don't want to just... The reason why we're not supposed to go to bed angry is we're supposed to resolve the problem. <laughs> and start the next day fresh. But if we can't start the next day fresh, we still need to resolve the problem. Hey, and another reason to do it this way would be sometimes our unconscious mind 
will process situations when we're asleep in a way that our conscious mind can't. So be, if you do rely on this kind of strategy, note your dreams, right? And don't go overboard interpreting them. You know, like sometimes we'll come out of a night like that and go, oh my God, I had this dream that uh, I was with Mrs. Wright and she had brown hair and, uh, you know, was six foot two and you're blonde and five foot three. Clearly, this is the end of our marriage. No, dreams tend to be more symbolic, not quite that blunt. So note your dreams, but be careful how you interpret them. Just note the most important, note the emotion of the dreams. All right, so we're not going to go to bed raging and we're not going to rage till two in the morning. We're going to do our best to get into a state where we can resolve the aggressive communications. And the way we do that is to get the feeling out of our body, to practice some mindfulness meditation or prayer, to reset our brain itself, and to talk to someone else so that we can sort those feelings out. So that when we come back to the table, we have what? Perspective. And from a place of perspective, we can have caring communication, empathetic communication, maybe practice the Unbreakable Husband interview process, whatever. And when you do those things, your relationship will, your relationship will progress. When we are in that place of aggressive communication, we are advancing ourselves at the expense of the relationship. When we practice this principle around aggressive communication that we're talking about, we're advancing the relationship and diminishing our ego. Not our sense of self, but our ego, the part of ourself that's hollow and empty. Not the Freudian ego, but that ego we like to talk about in our society, the one that we create to cover up all of our insecurities, all right? Listen, just so you know, heads up, if you're a man or you know a man who is in a tough marriage and wants to save it, the next 10 months, we are doing a series of live challenges, three and five day events, free, uh, with interaction opportunities to ask Q&A, ask Q&A, ask questions and get A's, answers. And it's part of our mission to save 10,000 marriages in the coming, let's call it 10,000 marriages in the next 10 years. I love the way that sounds. 10,000, 10 and 10. That's where we're going, folks. And so please check them out on our website, richinrelationship.com. Please share this podcast with friends and family who might benefit from it. Subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Direct message me, whatever you need. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest. And look forward. You know, we do these every couple of days. I think we do them on Tuesday and Saturday. We do a podcast. Uh, one is on a topic and one is an interview. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode of Rich in Relationship.